before we start i just want to say thank you thank you for um for your time i know you've been really busy with everything and i want to congratulate you once again for the release of your book which is the grad gate and um maybe that is something that you can share to our listeners about how it started what was your inspiration and um yeah what was, sure. yeah yeah, yeah no thank you I, thanks kimberly for having me really appreciate it and uh, you know the locals and everyone who's behind this i'm sure there's a lot of work in the podcast so i really appreciate you having me um about the grad gate the book um so last year during the pandemic about this time last year actually may last year i um started gradship with the intention of you know helping students whether international or local students and graduates with their employability right um and i was doing a lot of these sort of zoom sessions online resume checks linkedin things that really help students in finding jobs and i was just getting the same questions again and again you know similar questions like what do i do for a resume what do i do for a linkedin what's a star format for an interview right how do i network with people just getting the same questions and again and again and then i was writing you know smaller advice paragraphs and pdfs here and there and i was like only if there is a guy that i can just point people to so i don't have to repeat the same questions and then initially you know initially made this pdf i think it was 15 20 pages and um when i saw how much you know work you know to make it look pretty and everything and i was like maybe i can just share some personal stories make it more relevant to the audience more engaging um and then yeah in pretty much august last year decided okay it's going to be a book you know that's the scope of it and obviously started not knowing anything about how much is involved and how to self publish a book and you know the different ways and that sort of thing of course a lot of research and that sort of thing but the i guess what inspired me is you know having that go to guide right for international students and locals to go to um but also from a branding point of view obviously because i work a lot with international students so it would be good to have a book under my name um in that sphere so there's a couple of things so yeah started and that was a lengthy process started in august last year um long story short finished the soft copy in january and luckily distribution was available in march Um now it's available to some Australian universities it'll be available to more yeah. during yeah during the course of the year. So yeah, that's the story of the Gradgate. <laughs> you you know you've been really inspiring. I've been seeing your post every day on Instagram and I just think you are that kind of person who's very motivated to do something and you are that kind of person who's willing to you know um influence people to to have that mindset and to have that goal for them to achieve um something and you being the author of gradgate i think you'll really influence a lot of people and you've been doing gradship as well thank you no thanks i appreciate it um so yeah the gradgate is the name of the book um so the full title is like the gradgate why you're more employable than you think i think it's probably useful for you just to speak just the background of the book the book essentially is a guide for students from their first year on campus all the way to graduation and really explains why is it that some students just find jobs and internships easily you know first second third year while some students graduate and end up um you know finding a job much later months or years sometimes 
Um, so what makes someone more employable than the other, right? So there's the explanation stories and obviously actual advice. Gradship is the company that I do that with basically. So Gradship is a company that I founded um, and the scope of the company is enhancing graduates employability, right? So anything to do with essentially getting a graduate a job. What does it take for a fresh graduate now in Australia to find a job, right? So, you know, it's a spectrum. There's a lot of things you can do. You know, you can find a casual job, volunteering, additional involvement, extracurricular activity, you know, local experience, resume, LinkedIn, interview, um, PR. All of this is part of the employability, right? Every single component. You might have some or all of them and your, your, I guess, mission as a graduate is to enhance your employability by getting as many as possible. So yes, as an international student, for example, you may be disadvantaged for not having PR local experience, but you do have a lot more going on for you that you just haven't branded yourself as such, right? So adaptability, you know, connections, um, being involved on campus, volunteering, all of this really enhances your employability and makes you an attractive um, employee for companies. So it's about focusing on these strengths and um, in basically bridging the gap. So that's what we do at GradChip. How do we do it? We do it in, you know, my consultations like this. Uh, more recently, obviously, post the pandemic, at least in Melbourne, we're able to meet face and face to face. So we've been doing workshops, um, you know, one to many. So explaining these themes that I just explained to you. Mm, oh, really interesting. You're really into that, you know, bridging the gap between um, employability and um, education. Absolutely, absolutely. I think part of it is a bit personal because while well, I was a local student, but when I graduated back in 2015, I had no idea what I wanted to do. But even when I did have an idea, I was studying business and did accounting and I wanted to apply for jobs. I still didn't get any feedback, right? And that's the most frustrating part is that as a graduate, you put a lot of work into an application, like a lot of work, right? And tailoring cover letter and resume and contacts and LinkedIn. And it's a lot of work for every single application. And then you never hear back. Like you don't know if it was submitted or not, or you hear back weeks later with that generic email, you know, we're great to inform you. And no one is really giving you feedback. Like, why is it that I'm not getting positions? What is it that I have to do extra, right? So I was no different. A few years ago, I was in the same position. I was applying, applying, and I even missed all the deadlines for graduate positions. I was like, okay, maybe I'm not going to get a job this year. And it took me a while to understand, you know, employability as a whole, like, you know, networking, interview preparation, LinkedIn, resumes. It's a lot of things that go to it rather than just having good resume or having good contact, right? So now that I've been, I guess, in HR for the last few years, um, it does make sense for me. That's why I guess I'm a bit more passionate because first I experienced it on my own, but now I've been on the other end for a few years. So I understand a bit of the recruitment, you know, process and selection criteria. So that's why, you know, um, I'm particularly passionate about this topic, graduates employability. Well, it's good, you know, especially for the international student community to have someone like you who understands their struggle because um, I think most students would come here and have no idea that it would be kind of difficult for them to um, find a job that is would, that would be related to what they really do. So how do you think um, these students will be able to you know start getting to what they want yeah absolutely so that's i guess a bit of a bigger question um the answer would be two things right so first think about yourself 
in terms of skills, transferable skills, as opposed to a job title, right? So for example, if I was, you know, an accountant, which, you know, I did study accounting, if I was applying for an accounting position and someone say, tells me, what, what do you do, right? If I say I'm an accountant, yes, that, that's technically true. That's my occupation, but that's boring, right? You have to um, say it in terms of the value you add. So I help companies with their taxation. I help my clients um, in finding, you know, financial efficiency in their systems. I help, you know, my clients in filing their tax, right? So you're a value provider. You're speaking of yourself in terms of skills, right? So that's one example. For example, an engineer, you know, I help, you know, um, the government make the right infrastructure for the people's needs. For example, that's a problem that you're solving. You're talking about your value. So yeah. if an employer is coming to ask you, you're speaking about it in terms of value. So always think about yourself in terms of transferable skills mm -hmm. as opposed to a position because position titles really change like a project manager, project coordinator, um, project analyst, data analyst, data entry. There are all these different positions. Essentially, the transferable skills are very similar, right? So communication, teamwork, you know, time management, things that you already know as a professional and no one really tells you. So think about yourself in terms of transferable skills. That's the first thing. The second thing is try, and I know it's a bit hard, but try not to compare yourself to your peers, meaning that yeah. because you've graduated from the same university and the same course and the same year, doesn't mean that you're going to have the same graduate journey, right? Mm -hmm. Some exactly. people might have internship internship one or two or three volunteering roles before they find a full-time job some people can find a full-time job straight away right and yeah. you have to embrace your unique the uniqueness of your journey don't just say because that person <laughs> that person found it then you know i must be not good enough or you know i'm incompetent you know don't tell yourself that narrative because at the end of the day everyone eventually finds a job like officially the stat was the employability outcome survey from last year was like 87% of all graduates find a job within six months, right? So mm. it's a very high percentage that you're going to find a job. Chances are you just haven't, you know, been in that frame yet. So think about it. What's a month or three months or six months in the scheme of things, yeah. right? You've paid God knows how much, you know, it is for a degree in Australia. It's very expensive, right? And you've spent four or five or three years of your life so spending a month or two or three months, it's really nothing in the scheme of things. So embrace that journey, look at it holistically as opposed to that frustration you get every time. So th those would be, I guess, my top two tips for students. I really love that, Yusuf. <laughs> I think <laughs> nah. people, it's also with having that mindset that you know you don't have to compare your yourself with your peers because it only puts you a lot of pressure and it makes you sometimes question your skills and ability as a person when you don't have to compare yourself because maybe you might see your friend um, achieving something right now, but behind all that, you don't know maybe how much that person or your friend had to endure to be there. And I think believing in yourself is, you know, the key Absolutely. to attaining something you have to be confident about yourself absolutely absolutely and that really shows in your attitude right because essentially everyone who graduates is trying to find jobs right so some people just try it harder or longer or have more self-belief 
that they actually find a job, right? Yes. And it's not to say that they're more skilled than others. It's just uh, to your point, like believing in yourself. Like if you don't believe that you're capable and worthy of having a good job, how would you expect an employer to believe in you, right? So it has to come from within. And that really translates in the type of applications you submit, the effort you put, the type of language you use in interviews, in resume. And um, I can, you know, I can see it because obviously I review resumes uh, as part of my job. And you can really feel from the tone that someone has put a bit of work into it and they're really putting themselves out there versus someone who's just, you know, just frustrated. And, you know, <laughs> it really shows in the language, right? Yeah. So to your point, definitely believing in yourself. And I think there's a quote like, believe you, um, believe you can and you're halfway there and I really believe in that right so it's about self-belief if you believe in that and you know I have like an employability spectrum like about 12 components of like what is it that makes a graduate um, employable number one is self-belief right so it really comes back to do you actually believe that you're worthy and capable of finding a job or not because if you don't believe in yourself then all the others won't be as relevant it's going to be a lot harder for you to actually find a job right so self-belief is key that's definitely a great point there Exactly. <laughs> I really like that, you know, you, you have that um, attitude where, where, you know, you have that optimism to share with people and not everyone has that. And your, your words are just not words. They have something in it. And I can see you're a person with so much values. Yeah, thank you. No, I appreciate it, Kimberly. I think one thing that's important to note here is you know, there's a lot of, I guess, recruiters or employability providers or career centers. And you as a student, you'd go there, you'll have your resume checked, you'll have your LinkedIn, you'll have a cover letter. But no one really addresses the overall theme, right? It's not just having good resume gets you a job or having experience gets you a job or having that, you know, knowing about this software gets you a job. It's a whole spectrum of employability. So that's why it's really important. And, you know, back to the book, right? It's four chapters. The last chapter, chapter four, is all about that psychological barrier, like embracing the uniqueness of your journey. Because unless you understand the frustrations and the self-belief and the confidence and everything that goes with the emotions of finding a job, you're not going to have a complete picture. It's not just I tell a graduate, you know, get your resume checked and that's it, you, you'll find a good job because that's not true, right? There's a lot more to it. So that's why I guess it might be resonating to more people because you have to look at it holistically, right? So addressing the psychological part of it and the practical part of it is resumes, LinkedIn and that sort of thing, right? Yeah, that's true. So now that you brought up LinkedIn, do you think that is the best way for students to connect or how is it helpful? Uh, Ah, LinkedIn, that's uh, one of my favorite topics. Uh, so yes, LinkedIn is helpful, very helpful, I might add. So think about it this way, Kimberly, right? Before um, the pandemic, we had a lot of things to do on campus, volunteering opportunities, extracurricular activities, sporting events. Now, depending where you live, you might still have some of that, right? Obviously, a lot of it has been scaled back and we're not having as many events yet, right? So that's why social media overall becomes really important. So Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, the whole lot, right? Now, LinkedIn is particularly important because as a platform, LinkedIn has evolved. When it started, it was like you only connect with people you know yeah. or you've worked with or in the same school. Now it has become that, you know, 
platform that you just connect with people of similar interests. You put yourself out there, you're proactive, and you start connecting connect with people randomly. <laughs> Not connecting with people randomly. Yeah, yeah. It's it's about having that, you know, networking, right? That's why in the book again, like I mentioned, networking every single chapter. It's the most important skill you should have, whether you're graduate, professional, or you know, mid career, early career. LinkedIn allows that. So the good thing about LinkedIn is first you can have a good profile and of course you have a good branding when you when people interact with you and you have more credibility. But the real power of LinkedIn is the networking that you can do. So how you are able to meet people on LinkedIn. And I think we're a clear example, like we met on LinkedIn. I met a lot of people I yeah. during lockdown on LinkedIn, right? So LinkedIn was the initiation and then we can take it on Zoom or take it in person from the same city or take it from there. There are de definitely a lot of ways, you know, it's not just about connecting with randoms, obviously try to have more things in common, common connections, common interests, you know, same university, same workplace, um, similar um, similar interests overall, whether professional or personally. And then that makes it more likely for them to connect back with you and to have a conversation, right? And there are tricks and tips, you know, how to do to go about it. But LinkedIn allows that, right? And there, during the pandemic, the peak of pandemic, especially in Melbourne, we had the second lockdown. The only way for people to network was essentially online, right? And that's why LinkedIn is the number one professional networking site because it was just more people. I think LinkedIn officially released this. That was like 30% more engagement yeah. in last year than the year before because it was a lot of people just looking for content, looking for connections. We had a lot of time on our hands. We still do to some extent. So LinkedIn really allowed that. That's why LinkedIn is important because first it puts your brand, but second, it allows you to network, right? Mm -hmm. We haven't even spoke about the job board as a LinkedIn. So mm -hmm. LinkedIn and Seek are the biggest boards in Australia. Seek mm -hmm. is number one, I think, but LinkedIn is still very big for big companies. So that's one function, but LinkedIn is a lot more than just applying for jobs. And I think it's clear now to your audience, those who are on LinkedIn, they can see the change in LinkedIn and how it's becoming more of a branding and networking tool as well. Mm, pretty interesting. So now that we are, um, you know, entering this um, era of um, post-COVID, hopefully, um, what do you think are um, the important skills that um, these graduates should have, especially that um, we're kind of moving into a new world or system where the labor market would kind of need um, people who are into technology or into digital um, digital era basically yeah yeah, yeah absolutely um, look a lot of the skills are very much still relevant before covid to after covid so having good communication skills you still need that right having good um, interview skills, you still need that. It might be virtually now, but you still need to have, to know how to address interview questions, how to interview yourself well, how to present yourself well, and so on, right? Teamwork, you know, all these transferable skills that we're taught in university, you still need that. Now, what the pandemic has done is just, it shifted the way we are looking for jobs and we're hiring, right? So of course now, you know, being able to manage Zoom or Microsoft Teams, that's an expectation, right? You know, an employer might just send you a link, like, okay, you have a Zoom interview in a week. You're expected to know that by now. By this stage, we've been a year or plus in the pandemic. There is an expectation to have, you know, the technology behind it. Uh, one thing I would say about, you know, the pandemic, because people are more and more on their devices now, 
So that's why LinkedIn is particularly important, but also your online brand is important. So um, I would encourage your audience to Google yourself. Just put your name on Google and see what comes up, right? Mm -hmm. And that's when I, what's going to come up when an employer Googles you. So you have to be aware of your privacy settings on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, any things you've done, photos are public, previous blogs. All of this is part of your brand. And then... You know, LinkedIn, most likely if you have a public profile, would be the first result in Google. So that's why LinkedIn is important because you're allowed to tell your story in your own terms, your profile, and Google allows that and LinkedIn allows you that, right? So having a good um, LinkedIn profile is one thing, but also being mindful of how the technology can sh basically tell the story about your brand is important. And to that point, after the pandemic, digital marketing is important, like I'm not a technical guy. I don't have a technical background, but I have to learn about digital marketing. I have to learn about websites. I have to learn about YouTube. I have to learn about leads and LinkedIn. And, be, you know, these things are just becoming a lot more common to the everyday professional yeah. as they went, you know, before. Things like data analytics, automation, machine learning, all of these are growing fields and like they're here to stay. So take some free courses online. Um, there's a lot of resources that you can use. YouTube, Udemy, Coursera, LinkedIn Learning, that really get you the basics of these um, things. These skills are transferable, are employable, and some of them are expected. Right now, for example, I'm seeing in the resumes people saying Microsoft Word or Microsoft PowerPoint. You are expected to have these skills at this point. It's not a, um, a selling point anymore. Any graduate should be able to write no. on Microsoft Word, right? Um, so unless the job description asks for it, like desirable, then you, then you should specify it. But otherwise, you're expected to have these skills. So mm -hmm. now the expectations from a technology point of view are coming a bit higher in the workplace. And therefore, it's, you know, not more competitive, but it's important for you to be familiar, familiar with that, those sort of technologies. Mm. So um, um, in your book, just coming back to your book, what was the very... Which one was a very interesting part for you that you would like to share? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a really good question. I mean, my book was a very um, emotional journey, right? Because mm -hmm. writing a book, you underestimate how much is involved. So obviously all of it is relevant to me. But I think for students, you know, my book, just a bit of context, takes you from the first year of university, second year, graduation year, and then post-graduation. So four chapters. Yeah. The reality is, and I was no different, as a student, you only start looking for jobs towards graduation, like the third year, right? Or after you graduate. So I made sure that this chapter, chapter three, is the more actionable advice, like clear, all right, you just graduated, you haven't done the activities I've told you about in, you know, chapter one and two on campus, you're a bit disadvantaged, but okay, this is what you can do right now to make yourself more employable, right? So I mentioned networking, I mentioned LinkedIn, I mentioned interview preparation, I mentioned finding volunteering roles, I mentioned how to Google certain terms to make you more employable. So I think chapter three is probably um, the most relevant to your audience. And also it's the one that I've put the most work, right? Based on the actionable advice, do yeah. this in your resume, do this in your cover letter. So very practical. Chapter one and two are great, of course, if you're still at university, but if you've graduated, 
Um, of course, read chapter one and two, there's more engagement and storytelling and you can relate to your experience, but chapter three is probably the most relevant. And then chapter four is why we discussed about the psychological barrier, like the frustration with rejection and that sort of thing. And then the, of course, interviewing industry leaders um, really made, made it interesting having their perspective on what a graduate should do and how they should hire it, should be hired, yeah. Yeah. Pretty interesting, huh? I remember when I first um, met you, remember the first time we met, um, we exchanged a few topics, like some some topics about our personal lives. And knowing you at that time, I can see that you've, you've been through, you know, different um, phases of your life as well. So um, what can you share to our listeners? How did you become the Yusef that you are right now? I mean, you you are founder of um, Gradship. You are now an author. So how did you become you? Because I think, you know, a lot of effort is needed, especially being disciplined. It's it's a lot. So how did you become you right yeah, now? Yeah, no, thank you. I think... Um embracing the journey is an important one right so if you have told me when I graduated back in 2015 that you know I'll be working on my own or I'll be like an author even up until May last year writing a book wasn't something I've thought about really right because it's not like I grew up as a kid I wanted to be an author it's not something right it just happened organically um so one thing I would probably tell um well maybe two things right is as a graduate or as a student, embrace the journey, right? And I talk about myself in the book when I studied two and a half years of engineering and then I transferred to business, right? And if you think about it from a value, it's a complete waste. I didn't use my engineering degree. I didn't even finish that, right? But you should embrace the journey that led you to where you are today, right? So because no journey, no two journeys are the same. And this goes for studies, you know, for relationships, for life, for finances. Everyone is in a very unique situation and you shouldn't, you know, be hard on yourself and comparing with others. So I think I was able to understand that concept a bit earlier is that, um, you know, my journey, while the struggle is common, like it's unique, like I'm, I'm doing my own thing and I know like things will fall in place. And if you told me when I graduated and applied for hundred plus jobs and got the rejections that I'll be here, I wouldn't believe you because you don't see, you don't know what you don't know and things just happen for a reason. That's the first thing. Um, the second thing is, up to this day, I say, have no regrets. And it's going to come like, you know, like that cliche, but I really mean it because whatever decision you've done or made in your life, that's exactly what you wanted at that time. So you shouldn't be too hard on yourself and say, oh, I should have done that or should have done that because you didn't want to do that back then. So don't be hard on yourself, have no regrets. Things will fall in place. Again, that belief thing, I'm a spiritual guy, religious. So having the belief really helps um, Mm. seeing the big picture think about it in the big picture like what's a year or two of your graduate life your mid-20s early 20s late 20s even 30s what's a year or two like less than i don't know two percent three percent really nothing in the scheme of things so what you think is a matter of like life and death and i need a job now and i'm late and mm-hmm. not really like just take it easy <laughs> embrace the journey that's a that's chapter four and that's probably my favorite not you know chapter three yeah. is more action chapter four is like just embrace the journey like you have a very unique story to tell and you should keep it this way don't be too hard on yourself 
I guess that will be our um, lesson for the day, embracing the journey. <laughs> so before we cap everything off, um, do you have any um, message or advice for any graduating international students who's finding their way in employability? Um, I think we've covered most of it about sort of, you know, embracing the journey and everything. Um, one thing I would say is get involved, right? And this takes different shapes and forms. But if you're a student, whether international or local, I think it's the same in that aspect. You know, universities don't really teach you a whole lot about, you know, your first job or real life skills, right? This is on you to teach yourself. So getting involved, regardless of which stage you are in your studies, first year, second year, third year, graduated, don't have any work, that's okay. Everyone started from somewhere, just get involved. So getting involved first, it allows you for those networking opportunities, allows you to gain those transferable skills, those like volunteering and experience and all of that. But really it allows you to know what you wanna do, right? Because as a graduate, reality is most of your audience, and I was no different. I had no idea what I wanted to do. No idea, right? And I kept changing jobs. <laughs> yeah, like, you don't know. You just figured it out, right? The only way for you to figure out your passion, what you want to do long-term, is to try. Like, you have to be involved. Don't be scared to just try it, you know? Your first position will almost certainly not be your last, right? People are going to change jobs very often now. So don't be, don't think that that's the end of it. That's just the beginning of a learning curve that you're going to use. So just be involved, whether it's studies, networking, work, um, you know, casual jobs, just be in the conversation, right? Get to know more. And the only way to know more is be involved and ask those questions. So that would be my top tip is definitely just be involved in the conversation. So for today, we have that embracing the journey and getting involved. And that is truly inspiring because um, especially international students are here by themselves. It's, it's a bit difficult for them to um, find their way how to um, start once again because um, transferring to a different country is really starting from the scratch. You don't have anyone here and most of international students, they don't have families here. So um, sometimes they experience um, challenges that they never anticipated when they come here. And um, sometimes it, it lowers their self-esteem and they don't know how to you know, get up from those experiences. So I really love what you said, which is embracing the journey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if I may add to that, I think we spoke a lot about the book, but in the book, there is a section, complete section just for international students, because reality is, yes, you may be disadvantaged in certain aspects as an international student with a PR and local experience, but there are ways for you to overcome that, right? And that's what you said about, you know, being confident or, you know, um, looking in certain aspects or certain jobs. So definitely there is a way. Don't think you're not the first or the last international student to go through this. It's, I agree, it's not the best of times, if, especially if you've been applying for months, but you definitely get involved and you will find a way, right? So um, yeah, I guess just, you know, get involved, you know, add Kimberly on LinkedIn, for example, add myself, just be in the conversation. Being in the conversation really helps you to get more information and find your way. Yeah, so, um... 
I think that was a very wonderful conversation that we had for this afternoon. And I am very excited to share this conversation that we have to our listeners. And um, I just want to say thank you once again for, you know, sharing your story with us and giving me some time to, you know, to be part of this podcast. No, and, thank you so much. No. <laughs> yeah, I really great. appreciate you having me. Thank you so much, Kimberly. That's been great. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and just to share, it's funny because um, when we were planning this podcast, we bumped into each other in Brunetti. Yes, we did. Uh, it's a small world. It's a small yeah. world, right? Um, like, yeah, we haven't seen each other in months. And then on the week of the podcast, we see each other constantly. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, very interesting how things are not. I, I guess we run in similar social circles, right? So that's why yeah. I think we're so. more like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I think that's it for this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Kimberly. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, wishing you and your audience a lovely day ahead. Thank you, Yusuf. See ya. Thank you. See you. Ciao.